0: of the Seeking Beauty podcast, a podcast where we pay extraordinary attention to ordinary moments. And in season one, we are talking a lot about community. And today I wanted to talk about dinner nights or dinner parties with friends. And overall, I kind of wanted to try little different themes for each month. Um, So welcome to May, and for this month I kind of wanted to talk a bit about the moon and how connecting with the moon can keep those small beauties feeling alive in your life, even if you're just by yourself or intentionally meeting with your community. So we have Moon Magic May, but today's moon fact will just be within my small beauty. It's a concept I Just learned about called moon gardening or gardening with the moon. It's a little different from like a specific moon garden filled with flowers and plants dedicated to reflecting the moon in magical ways, but this is more just like a garden with like it has to do with the phases of the moon. I guess I learned that it's a very common historic practice, nothing new, but new to me kind of thing. And it's all about how it's really good to plant like the week following or not following the week before a full moon, because there's something like plant in the ground, because it helps the plants, there's some sort of nutrient boost, those like two or three nights that the moon is full for a baby plant. So the May full moon is actually this Friday, so if you're in a zone where you're safe from freezes, it would be a really great week to get a few plants in the ground and let them have that big moon magic at the end of the week. And further into learning about that, I actually learned that the May full moon is called the flower moon or the planting moon. So it's just like everything I was looking into aligned and I thought it was really cool. So that was my small beauty of the week. So before I get into like dinner parties or dinner nights specifically, I wanted to talk about why, why dinner parties? Why not just like a regular party? Um, but my intention this year is to not, you know, never have a party, but I had realized that my socializing view in my brain was so tied and so linked to parties only. And parties for me and my group of friends would be anywhere from like six to eight hours or more. Like we, you know, start around five or six, go to two three in the morning, sometimes depending, I would normally go to bed before everyone even left. Um, so I don't even know how long they would go on, but it would make those nights like while they were awesome and fun, so draining. And so like something I could only do once every three to four months. So not really actually getting a lot of friend time. And then it's just such a big impactful night that it it kind of made me think socializing was this big daunting thing that I really had to work myself up for and clean this whole house and do all these things for. And I just really wanted to go into this year with more intentional, smaller things so that my brain can remember that smaller community-based events exist and they don't drain you and that socializing is a good thing. And so that pretty much brought out book clubs and women's circles and dinner nights and stuff like that. So that's sort of like my reasoning for a dinner night versus a party. Um, so yeah, I'll start with a little bit of history about the, the dinner party. Um, the concept obviously goes way back. Medieval times, they would have really big banquets. They it was a huge part of their life and celebrations, mostly for people of importance or in power. They got a lot done at these dinners. It seems they would organize like business deals, enter partnerships, arrange marriages, give awards to people. Like I can barely eat my dinner and successfully talk to everyone that showed up. So it's incredible how much that they would get done at these big extravagant dinners. And then onto the Victorian dinner, they were surrounded by etiquette and small talk. There was a lot of rules and formalities that were expected. And it was like almost bad to bring up anything controversial or monopolize conversations. It was expected that everyone would have their time to talk and chat. There was a lot that went into their dinners too. I thought an interesting thing that I read was that they were very formal. So they would all start by being in like a drawing room. Like they wouldn't go directly to the dining table, but they would be escorted there. And the hosts would specifically couple up different people so the host would choose different wives to be with different husbands and you would go into it with like a different person than your wife or husband and i just thought that was really interesting so then in the 1920s the roaring 20s they wanted to shake off all of these rules after the war they still had like proper table settings i think but like the stricter rules and formalities socially were a little bit more relaxed and you could probably talk about a little more but it was still frowned upon to bring up any vulgar conversations and then in the 1950s post-war it was a pretty frugal time but people still had a deep-rooted desire to impress so the menu it seemed became a little bit more plain and simple it wasn't as extravagant but they would make up for the extravagance as means to impress their guests with whichever dinner topic that they would decide to bring to the table. And it normally would need to reflect their like aspirations in life. So at the end of the dinners, they could quote unquote, like seal the deal and gain raises from bosses or potentially new jobs from new bosses and enter partnerships and things like that. So it became a lot about looks and as a way to get out of their tough spots um, instead of community and fun and celebration. But it makes a lot of sense because it's what they needed to do to survive at the time. Then we have the funky 70s where their menus got a little crazy. It can be known as the Decade Taste Forgot. So I'm assuming it was like hit or miss meals, and at this point in time, men and women started talking very separately in their conversations, and everything about this was like a bit experimental, it seemed, Um, but fun. And now we get to more modern day dinners, which having a formal dinner has obviously become more and more rare, but I have to say it is so good to have A formal dinner with people. Um, When I first moved to the current city that I'm in, I met someone who had a huge group that did dinner nights every single Tuesday without fail. It would rotate about three or four people, would make a dish every week, and anyone who could would Venmo them a little for their time cooking and buying the food. But you you didn't have to. Like I remember, I was a broke college student, and These people were a little bit more established in their jobs, like they were really nice if I couldn't afford it for that week, like it was just sort of like pay what you can. So that was a really welcoming like community I could go to and knew I would have dinner every Tuesday and it was just such a beautiful space. Uh, I wish I had the energy to host something like that every week now, but that's just a lot, so I've been experimenting now with, um, my current friend group doing something like that monthly and seeing if, you know, different people can host or someone even suggested when it starts getting warmer that we could all, uh, join up at the park and just have a big picnic or use the grills there. Or, you know, we know a lot of people who could bring their own grills. So if you maybe have a friend group that doesn't have like a great hosting spot, I feel like the park would be a really good option, but also if it's like a party under about eight, I feel like even reserving a table at a restaurant would be a lot of fun. It just depends on like the number of people, because I think any more than eight, it, the way restaurants are set up, it might actually be hard to really connect with everyone there. But yeah, so that's another idea. As long as everyone is able to do that some easy menu ideas for a dinner night are first obviously checking on the dietary restrictions or choices of the group members and seeing if there's a way to coordinate who brings what and if it can be made in a way that serves everyone or like for our group there's a few gluten-free people so i think the last time we had a dinner, there was just a gluten-free option of the main course and a normal option of the same dish. And it would like wasn't a big deal for the host to do that. And so I think something like that would be good. Obviously, we want everyone to be as included as possible. And any sort of like protein or meat, I'm sure there are vegan options to this, but I would not know. I am not vegan, but roasted or grilled like hamburgers, chicken wings, things like that, like a meat source, and then always having a type of like roasted veggie. I have found making a honey garlic butter glazed over my veggies right before roasting them has just been my go-to lately. I just discovered this and just a very, very light drizzle of honey and then melted butter with minced garlic drizzled over top. It's just very, very good. Um, then you can always have different snacks like charcuterie or a veggie tray, um, or a dip with crackers and fruits. There's just so many options. I remember one time I was with a group and we didn't, none of us really wanted to cook, but we all just pitched in and someone got a big pizza order. So that could be like something you do as well. There's just so many options when you really think about it. The goal is eating with friends because eating is a really bonding thing to do. Another thing you could think of is with the summer and fall months coming up, if you have a space for it, um, having a bonfire time outside if you're in a spot that allows that. Having just a crew of people to chat around the fire is so fun to me, so bonding, so nostalgic. It just brings like such a sense of peace and like presence when that fire is going and someone's just talking to me like I could just sit there forever and never look at my phone and never think about what's going on. It's like this is the moment that I've arrived at. I feel like that's just a really good idea. And it would flow in a really nice way after a dinner, after people have eaten to have a fire while the sun's going down. So those are kind of my dinner ideas, dinner options, dinner inspiration. Another thing, I know I kind of talked like, a lot about group dinners, but having really intimate dinners with just like three to four people is I think also really important, especially if you're in a partnership, having a double date of a dinner is so fun. Like it's one of my most bonding times that I've had with people, especially if someone comes over to cook. I don't know what happens in my brain, but I feel really connected to someone when I am cooking with them. So I try to do that as much as I can. It's how I have fallen in love with all of my friends. And so I think that something like that is really special and really making the time to make your connection with um, just another couple or even just one-on-one with somebody is really special and, uh, bonding. I know I've said that a lot, but I, I don't know. It just speaks to my heart in a way might speak to your heart. Maybe that's not your thing, but, um, I just really like it. And I think it's really special and fun to do that. And I think prioritizing those and then having those people also in larger groups of dinner It just makes it way easier for me. Like maybe you have a group of friends that you have already been really close to and you don't really have an issue with getting to know people on like a deeper level. But I have like a huge group uh, that was like actually my partner's group of friends that I just like, I kind of entered the chat at the wrong time around like 2020 and stuff. So I just really haven't gotten to know a lot of them on a deeper level. So it's been really nice to start prioritizing that and seeking that out. Um, because then whenever I do see them in larger groups, I feel more connected to them. So yeah, that was kind of a tangent, but I hope that this gave you some dinner inspiration. Uh, I think dinner nights are one of the best things ever. So yeah, I hope you go out and host your little dinners and make them beautiful and have really amazing meals and conversations and fires. And, um, let me know if you do, uh, tag the, the seeking beauty Instagram post, um, yeah and be sure to follow the instagram if you want to support a little it really helps me out and i hope you have an amazing week and happy full moon and i will talk to you all next week